Hello and welcome to Tomorrow is Yesterday, the Star Trek podcast, the show where we review every episode of Star Trek in production order. My name is Brandon Couch. With me as always, introduce yourself, David. So I gotta say, I joined this podcast (laughs) and this company, Couch Podcast Network, because I thought we were going to be doing podcasts on a couch, (laughs) not in, in chairs. I'm highly disappointed. That's a load of crap and you know it. <laughs> I am very, very disappointed. Like, I'm thinking about starting my own company and calling it Chair Podcast Network, <laughs> where we sit on couches. <laughs> anyway. You know what? My wife and child are asleep. You want to move to the living room? We can do it on a couch. No, it's fine. Okay. Anyway, my name is David Moss. <laughs> <laughs> What are we talking about today? The naked time. <laughs> are we, we're getting naked. No, All but, right. but Sulu does get half naked. All right, I'm going to take off my clothes. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. He's actually taking off his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. The Naked Time, which is an episode of Star Trek, a franchise owned by Paramount, a company currently being struck by both the Writers Guild of America and the Screen Actors Guild because they can't pay their writers or actors enough to live, yet somehow miraculously paid their CEO $32 million last year, first aired on September 29th, 1966, was nominated for a Hugo Award in 1967 for Best Dramatic Presentation, was written by John D.F. Black and directed by Mark Daniels, who we last saw behind the camera directing The Man Trap. Do you realize that's almost been 40 years? No, 60 years. Yeah, it's, it's well over 50 at this point. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's been a long time. From getting getting from here to there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Star Trek started in 66. You know what other TV shows started in 66? I Love Lucy. No, that was like the 50s. I know. Uh, Green Acres. I don't know what that is, but let me get to it. Mission Impossible. (laughs) Batman. Like, a lot of things that are still, like, very culturally relevant, like Star Trek, Mission Impossible, Batman, all started in 66. Didn't, uh, when did Doctor Who start? Oh, well before Star Trek. Like, I don't know, because, like, I've never watched Doctor Who, but I do know it started long before Star Trek. Hmm. Because it's, it was, it's been a while, too, but it was black and white. Yeah, it might have been, like, the fifth... Or, well, when Star Trek started, it was a lot of black and white. Like, covered colored TVs were starting to be a thing, and like start and like Star Trek was a selling point for colored TVs. They're like Star Trek has all these colors. Like, get a colored TV so you can see it, and it's all its glory. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of people were still just watching in black and white though, which is why they made the three shirt colors what they did because they those were like the three colors that would look the most different even on black and white. They're called three primary colors. Yes, the three primary colors. <laughs> Red, blue, and gold. Although, be- behind the scenes, if you saw like the actual gold shirts, they were green. It was just like the lighting and the cameras made them appear gold. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's why when Kirk wears that other shirt, it actually looks green. <laughs> so it was the it was the regular color, just <laughs> yeah. Wasn't- wasn't the right lighting or yeah just like a different shade of green so it actually looked green huh Hmm. learn something new every day yep 
All right, let's talk about the cast. We have Stuart Moss as Lieutenant Junior Grade Joe Termolin. I think I'm going to just refer to him throughout the episode as Joe because I don't want to try to say that last name a bunch of times. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think he's going to be my favorite character. Oh, yeah? Just because of the actor's name. <laughs> Joe Tormolin. He, like, gets close to that Bailey line. <laughs> I know. But he's not a Bailey. I mean, he might be a Bailey. No. He does some dumb stuff in this episode. <laughs> then we have Majel Barrett as Nurse Christine Chapel, who we last saw as number one in The Cage, and last heard as the voice of the Enterprise in Mud's Women. I'm going to say this, because I am I say it every single time, but I still cannot believe that she's number one. <laughs> you know, they should... <laughs> they should have done that for, uh, for uh, Strange New Worlds. I thought about that one part. That would have been funny if they just had the same actors play both characters. <laughs> yeah, they should have. That had, would have been hilarious. Yeah. What's funny is number one was her natural hair, but she dyed her blonde to be Nurse Chapel. And in Strange New Worlds, number one's real hair, the actress's real hair is blonde, and now she's dyeing it dark to be number one. Really? So that's a fun coincidence. Does Nurse Chapel dye her hair blonde to be? I don't know. I don't know what she looks like in real life. You know everything. I've never seen her in another acting thing, but she probably does because her eyebrows are very dark. And she also has black roots. Yeah, so yes, she probably does dye her hair to be Nurse Chapel. Which, according to Lindsay, that means that they have dark hair color. Yeah, also, actually. you know, the the very dark eyebrows. So that's a giveaway right there. And I learned that from MASH, too. <laughs> <laughs> How did you learn that on MASH? You, the episode where the nurses were like, like, what was the nurse said? Is that from one natural blonde to another? <laughs> and then, then they were like, look at her roots. They're David, black. I have to tell you, I don't have the encyclopedic knowledge of MASH that you do. <laughs> Just because <laughs> I could, I have seen every episode a hundred times, a hundred plus times on some of them. And I can tell you, even whenever you can see a boom lift and <laughs> tell you every single thing you need to know about every character. Which is why if we ever do a MASH podcast on this network, I'll let you run the podcast and I'll just be the the funny guy. Like, I won't even have to take notes. <laughs> like, I won't have to watch the episode beforehand. You just say, hey, we're doing this episode. Like, okay, let's go ahead and record. I mean, you'd have to like watch some of the stuff because like if we did a mash podcast i'd make us do the movie we'd do the trapper john indicia we'd do after mash we'd try to find that walter pilot that they made so here's the deal <laughs> you cannot find them i mean the mash movie yes i've seen it about a million times it's terrible oh have you <laughs> yeah and and the books it's our right. book is all right the <laughs> the walter walter episode yeah that would be extremely difficult to cannot find, find it after mash there's one glimmer of it on <laughs> on the internet that just says that it exists <laughs> and that's it walt uh, not walt <laughs> john trapper md nothing there is nothing i'm sure it's somewhere like i know it exists but <laughs> nobody else seems to know like i didn't even like i thought i was losing my mind until you just said that you knew that that existed. Yeah, it existed. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a medical drama. Yeah, it might have gotten lost. <laughs> Maybe. It's possible. 
Yeah. Release the Trapper Cut. Did you know that they are releasing two new Star Treks this month? Uh, No, I knew there was like a Star Trek Day thing going on like next month. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm already in September. <laughs> oh, yeah? Mentally. In September, they're releasing two new Star Trek. Are they? Yeah. Lower Decks. Oh, yeah. I knew Lower Decks was coming out. And then, can you guess the other one? Is Section 31 coming out? Nope. I don't know. Frasier. That's not Star Trek. New season of Frasier. Is that a thing? Is that already coming out? Yeah, like September 22nd. Huh. Or maybe not 22nd, like 17th or something. 22nd is the release of the iPhone 15. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that you know that. (laughs) I looked it up last night for Lindsay, okay? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. New episode, new season of Frasier. So, new new season of Star Trek, Frasier edition. That's, Frasier's not Star Trek. Yes, it is. Are we going to have to do this? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it is. Like, I guess we'll have to have an entire episode, podcast episode, of why Frasier and Cheers is part of the Star Trek. <laughs> it's not. It is more Star I can very easily debunk all of that. <laughs> it is more Star Trek than the 2009 movie. No, it's not. Now yes. you're just trying to make me angry. No. Just because but I want Also, speaking of Frasier and Star Trek, did you know in Lower Decks there's like an Easter egg to Kelsey Grimmer's character? Yeah. Yeah. I know all, Couch. <laughs> I know all. Sure you do. I know all, especially of Naked Time. <laughs> all right well let's get back to the naked time lastly we have bruce hyde as lieutenant kevin riley riley also kind of gets bailey in this episode but it's not his fault he has a disease i mean like it seems like everybody is a bailey in this episode yeah kind of <laughs> except for kurt and towards the end he gets it like at the very very end yeah the very end yeah McCoy. McCoy doesn't get it. And Uhura doesn't get it. So they stay cool throughout the episode. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry, I was mixing up Naked Time and Naked Now. I was (laughs) like, no, McCoy gets it. No, it's Dr. Crusher gets it. (laughs) Data even gets it somehow. (laughs) Yeah, that's where I was like, what? If you prick me, do I not leak? (laughs) (sighs) But to be fair, that was the third episode of season one. Oh, that was the second. It no, because originally the encounter at Farpoint was two episodes. Okay, yeah, they released it all together, but they caught up to one or two because it was like two hours. Yeah. So yeah, it was the second, but also if you look at the numbers, some lists have it as the third. So we're both right. Yeah. I okay. Mean, I'm I'm right. I'm right. That's all you had to say was I'm right. But I'm right. <laughs> 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 all right. As always, we open with a captain's log to set the scene. Captain's log. Our position orbiting Psi 2000. An ancient world now, a frozen wasteland about to rip apart in its death throes. Our mission, pick up a scientific party below. Observe the disintegration of the planet. So yeah, there. it's a frozen planet and it's gonna fall apart. <laughs> uh, you know, this is just typical stuff here. You know, I mean... <laughs> This right here, and even on the planet, it's typical Star Trek. Nothing really interesting to me. 
Nothing too interesting. Okay. So we start in this Starfleet research lab where everything is completely frozen, including the people. Uh, then we have Spock and Tormolan, who I'm just going to call Joe throughout the rest of the scene because it's easier. Joe. Joe. Walk in wearing hazmat sp- suits. Spock notices a woman who's definitely not just a mannequin. Did you know? I'm going to point this out. The hazmat suits. If you don't realize, I was air quoting that. <laughs> The hazmat suits are actually shower curtains. I did know that. <laughs> that the uh, designer was like, hey, we need something for a hazmat suit. And so they ran out and bought shower curtains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Joe tells Spock that the other four are also frozen to death. Life systems were turned off. Their engineer was sitting at a station, not a care in the world. And one person was taking a shower with his clothes on. Uh, that's typical. I mean... <laughs> I mean, don't you take your shower with your clothes on? No, David, I don't. Oh, well, I do. <laughs> I haven't changed clothes in about six years. <laughs> I'm joking. All right. <laughs> Spock and Joe split up. Joe, possibly reaching Bailey status in this scene alone, takes his glove off, reaches up under his mask, scratches his nose, <laughs> kneels down, puts his bare hand on an object near a red puddle, the puddle jumps towards his hand like a venom symbiote, <laughs> infects him with an alien disease. He puts his glove back on and Spock shows up to say, don't come into contact with anything. Spock calls Kirk, reports what happened to the lab and says, quote, it's like nothing we've dealt with before. So the venom symbiote that you're referring <laughs> to, I believe his name is Carnage. It was red. You do have a point. Yeah. It's a Carnage symbiote. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, this, this guy, when I saw this, I was like, how, how stupid are you again? Starfleet flagship (laughs) and they're all idiots. Like, (laughs) like, you know, I'm in a hazardous area and these people have lost their minds and we don't know what's causing it. I'm going to just take off my glove and touch some things, touch my face you know just typical stuff and the fact that he can reach up under his mask to touch his face proves that the hazmat suit doesn't work yeah i mean yeah (laughs) that yeah (laughs) that's that's like how covid spread (laughs) (laughs) yeah i remember when there was like this press conference of like a medical person seeing like so don't touch your face or anything right after saying that touches her face (sighs) Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I was going to ask you what you thought of the teaser. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Act 1 starts with the captain's log, and we learn that the Enterprise is going to stay in orbit and study the planet as it breaks apart. We're in the transporter room. Scotty beams up Spock and Joe. Joe tries to step off the transporter, but Spock stops him, and Scotty uses the transporter to decontaminate them. In sick bay, McCoy gives Joe the all clear. Spock l- lays on the table. Hold on. When when they stepped out, when they came on the transporter, yep. Kirk said, "Have what was it? Have medical look at him? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, like the way he worded that was just really weird to me." Hmm. He was, it was like he didn't know what to call sick bay or what to call the doctor or what to call the nurse. Like, yeah, sounded fine to me. 
Anyway, I didn't notice said, anything. He said, send them to medical. That's what it was. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was just weird to me. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, McCoy gives Joe the all clear. Bach lays on the table and the medical scanner freaks out. McCoy says, your pulse is 242, your blood pressure is practically non-existent, assuming you call that green stuff in your veins blood. And Spock comes back with, The readings are perfectly normal for me, doctor, thank you. And as for my anatomy being different from yours, I am delighted. <laughs> and, you know, as you said last last week... How everything is always Vulcan. Like, he has the Vulcan DNA. There's nothing yeah. human about him. <laughs> I love how every time McCoy makes a, takes a shot at Spock, Spock has the perfect response. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes them a good, not rivalry, but... Yeah, like, they know. play off each other really well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what went wrong when they tried to do that with Pulaski and Data Next Generation. Because, like, Pulaski would always take shots at Data, and Data wouldn't come back with anything. He would just take it. <laughs> yeah. And then go talk about his feelings to someone else. <laughs> but not have feelings. <laughs> Which was really weird. Because he did have feelings if he was worried about what he had said or she had said or, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yes, David, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Kirk shows up and asks about Spock and Joe. McCoy says they're good, but Joe starts to let on a little that he's shaken up by this. Kirk asks what happened down there, and Spock has no idea. Whatever it was was just too bizarre. And this scene ends with us meeting Nurse Chapel for the first time. You mean number one. <laughs> uh... I mean, yeah, technically... At that point, they wouldn't have put number one yet because the menagerie wouldn't have came out. Yeah. And they didn't release the cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So we've met number one, but they haven't. You're right. As always. I'm glad I got that recorded. Eh, it's fine. <laughs> In the briefing room, we have Kirk, Spock, Scotty, McCoy, and Rand. Spock and Rand are going over the tapes they got from the lab. On the screen, we see images of the frozen lab, and Kirk notes that this would be funny if it wasn't so grim. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's right. Yeah. It would be funny. I mean, it is funny to me, because it's not <laughs> happening to me. <laughs> uh, Kirk asks for theories, and McCoy says it's absolutely not drugs or intoxication. Spock says it could be space madness, but there's no cause that the track quarters could pick up. Then they move on to the mission. They'll have to keep a tight orbit, which will be rough because gravity's going to change when the planet starts falling apart. Scotty says, unless you people on the bridge start taking showers with your clothes on, my engines can pull us out of anything. I'm, I, I love how the last few episodes, Scotty has just had a wonderful power of foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> like, has he? <laughs> yeah. Remember last one or the one with the dog? Okay. And when he was like, it, well, no, it was Kirk, but it was with Scotty. And he was like, you should watch the transporter. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> transporter clone shows up. Yeah. Uhura calls in and reports that the mass of the planet and the gravity have both changed and they all leave the briefing room. Joe is in the rec room about to have a meal when Sulu and Riley enter. Sulu's trying to tuck Riley into fencing when they sit next to Joe. Sulu asks Joe if he's feeling alright and then Joe snaps, quote, 
Get off me, you don't rank me, and you don't have pointed ears, so just get off my neck. Check your wrist again, Joe. Sula's a lieutenant, you're a lieutenant junior grade. He totally ranks you. <sighs> yeah, and I like how he says, and pointed ears. <laughs> like, Spock doesn't outrank him anyway. Well, no, he's saying, like, Spock is, like, the person he reports to. Like, he's a science officer. Spock's the head of science. Oh. I think that's what he was getting at. Oh, I thought he was talking, like, the captain and Spock. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Joe's kind of a butt. Yeah. Uhura calls over the intercom for all bridge crew, and so Sulu and Riley have to get up and leave, and Joe completely breaks. He goes on about how... They don't belong in space. He picks up a knife and points it at himself. Sula and Riley try to get the knife away from him. There's a struggle. Joe gets stabbed. It looks like Grape Juice was lightly splashed on his shirt. I <laughs> I liked this sequence. Not him being not him being stabbed with a knife by by himself, but like the whole what are we doing out here? We're not. We're not supposed to be out here. Yeah, it was a. It was a good monologue. It was a good yeah. like acting scene. Like I feel like they should have gotten an award for that. They did. This was nominated for a Hugo Award for best dramatic presentation. I mean, they should have gotten an award that actually mattered. Okay, <laughs> one that I I heard of. Okay, what's an award you've heard of that they would have got? I don't know. Kids Choice Award. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the kids' choice of words existed back then. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know. I've never like I don't know an Emmy, an Oscar, an Academy well, they, Award. They could they couldn't get an Oscar, and an Academy Award is an Oscar. But yes, an Emmy. They could have got an Emmy. Yeah. See, but you know, <laughs> I mean, that's like saying you get a David. The you award. get a David. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's your next shirt right there. You get a date. We make an Oscar that just looks like you. Tomorrow is yesterday podcast. <laughs> you get a David. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making that shirt. Voted best podcast by David. By David. <laughs> All right. Riley runs to the comms panel to call for medics, and we see that Riley is now infected. So what do you think of the episode so far? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of our podcast or of the the episode we're oh, reviewing, I like it. It it was a good episode. I watched it like I said two and a half times, and I watched the naked now on <laughs> Star Trek Next Generation, and just because I liked it. And it's gonna be hard for me to watch the next episode <laughs> that many times, but I really enjoyed it, and I think that. It's a good episode. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was a good episode. It's, it's probably going to be ranked in my 800s, at least. <laughs> Such a dumb ranking system. <laughs> okay. Act two, we're on the bridge. Sulu at the helm. Riley at navigation. The mass and gravity of the planet keep shifting, but it's okay. Sulu and Riley got this covered. <laughs> Spock compares this to Earth's future, and Kirk just gives him this look. And Spock's like, I'm just saying, this planet was a lot like yours back when it had a sun. <laughs> and this is where we realize that Sulu was also infected. Kirk and Spock take a look at Joe's psych profile. Turns out he was always scared and full of self-doubt. He was just good at hiding it. I can relate. Yeah, I mean, it's called anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> I know I didn't mention her, but Ahura's on the bridge. And I just wanted to stop and mention that 
this is the only episode in the entire series where all three primary female crew members, Uhura, Chap, and Rand, appear together. The only other time this happens is in the motion picture. Yeah, uh, what movie is it? Three? I don't know what happens. They were getting, they're being charged with something, and Rand is behind them. Um, or is it Chapel is behind them? No, I don't think so. I don't remember. Yeah, no, the episode where they're charged with stealing the episode, the Enterprise, that was four, and, uh, Rand wasn't in that. Chapel was in it, but not in that scene. Chapel, like, had a cameo, like, early in the film. Rand was in the audience of the trial. Yeah. Huh. And Chapel was in the in the group. No, Chapel wasn't in the group because she wasn't like or maybe being charged maybe or... Chapel was in the audience too. Huh. I have to go back and look at that. I don't know, like there's a whole thing right now actually about it. Cause it would have been one of them because would have been all three because the only the only two times all three of them are in a Star Trek are this episode and the motion picture. I know that for a fact. Honestly, I don't remember the motion picture. Well, we'll get there eventually. I I mean, like, I I know I've seen it, but I don't remember it. <laughs> like, every time I try to remember it, I get memories of uh, Seven and Nine's family following the Borg. Borg that that has nothing to do with the motion picture, though. I know. <laughs> there, there might be a, a wire that's miscrossed <laughs> in my brain. Well, that'll be a fun episode <laughs> when we get to it, then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. In sickbay, McCoy and Chapel are performing surgery on Joe. Cut to the bridge. Riley and Sulu are starting to lose their cool at the helm. Back in sickbay, the surgery is starting to go wrong, and Joe dies. <laughs> Which is weird because his wounds weren't fatal. <laughs> On the bridge, McCoy calls Kirk to sickbay. Kirk kind of just ignores him. Orbit's getting really rough now. With the planet breaking up, Kirk goes to see what McCoy wants. Sulu and Riley are starting to sweat, and Sulu just decides to bounce. I loved that. That was like a Tom Paris move right there. <laughs> <laughs> a Tom Paris move. I mean, honestly. Early Tom Paris. <laughs> Yeah, Sulu is the early Tom Paris, the very first one. Did you know that Tom Paris and Harry Kim have a Star Trek Voyager rewatch podcast? Really? Yeah, like they just finished the series. Huh, I think I need to go listen to that. <laughs> yeah, like the only reason I listen to that and like am okay with that, but also doing this podcast is because... One, it's going to be years before we get to Voyager. And two, like, the perspective of two actors on the show is a perspective I could never have. So it's not like I'm going to be ripping them off. Right. And did you know, like, I kind of figured this, but I wasn't sure until the other day. Did you know that he was in Next Generation? Yeah. With uh, Wesley Crusher? Yeah, he basically plays the same character as original early Tom Paris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Nick Lacarno. I think I'm going crazy. Why? I hear crickets. Yeah, that's what I feed the lizards. Oh, You're not going okay. crazy. There's crickets in this room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they need to do a need to do some more Deep Space Nine stuff. How so, you mean like in new in new Star Trek? Yeah. I think I saw a headline today that there was a point where Jake Siska was gonna be in Picard season three. 
Well, you know, I didn't read the article, but like that was the headline. You know, talking about comic books because we were talking about comic books off the air, off you know, off this recording. Yeah, uh, Ben Cisco actually came back. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard they were doing a Deep Space Nine comic where that happened. Yeah, he finally came back, and like the first word he said when he came back was Jake. That tracks. Yeah, and I mean they have brought Kira in. On Lower Decks. Yeah, Kira and Quirk showed up in an episode of Lower Decks. That was a fun episode. And Deep Space Nine, technically. What? I mean, because it shows Kira on Deep Space Nine. Oh, you mean the station. Yeah. (laughs) I thought you meant the show. (laughs) No, the station. But, you know, they're bringing back Next Generation. I mean, they did. They're bringing back uh, Voyager on Prodigy. Yeah. I heard that like season two is probably definitely going to happen. They just need to find another streamer to take it. Which, it'll probably be freaking Netflix. Mm, maybe. My money's on Amazon. Uh, Amazon's a good bet. Yeah. Amazon is a good bet. But yeah, of all like the big ones right now, I feel like those would probably be like the two that might take it. Though, I don't... I'm surprised... That Disney hasn't tried to buy Star Trek. Okay, Disney's not going to buy a Star Trek show. Disney would buy Paramount before they bought Star Trek. Like, I know. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm surprised that Disney has not tried to buy Paramount. Uh, they can't at this point. At this point, like, the government would be like, no, that's too much stuff. Like, that would be a monopoly. <laughs> like... When they were trying to buy Fox, like, the government had to, like, look at it to, like, make sure everything was on the level. Like, they can't have another studio at this point. I mean, they have a monopoly of all the sports sports uh, broadcasting, pretty much. No, they just own ESPN. And Fox Sports. Do they own Fox Sports? They own Fox. They own Fox Sports. Well, they don't own everything, Fox. Like, they don't own Fox News. No. They bought everything except Fox News. That's why Fox sold, because they wanted to just focus on Fox News and sell the studio. So Disney doesn't own Fox News. Well, they do own Fox Sports. Yeah, you might be right. You're probably right there. But they don't own Fox News, and that is important. Uh, I mean, they would... And even if they they did, like, Fox wouldn't be talking about how woke Disney is right now. (laughs) I mean, I would find it very, uh, very ironic if Disney did own them, because... If Disney owned the studio that's currently trashing Disney for being woke. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, crazier things happen all the time. (laughs) Yeah, but just to be clear, Disney doesn't own Fox News. I feel like we need to make that abundantly clear. (laughs) In Sick Bay, Kirk McCoy are talking about Joe. McCoy says he got there in plenty of time. Joe's dead because he gave up. Kirk says that's not a fact. Then they start hypothesizing that Joe going down to the planet might be connected to his death. McCoy points out that he was decontaminated. They ran every test they know. And then there's this exchange that I just think purely encapsulates the Kirk McCoy relationship. Well, we're doing everything as possible. Bones, I want the impossible checked out too. <laughs> Uh, We're back on the bridge, and before I get into the scene, I just want to take a moment to point out that this is where Eddie Paskey enters the episode. I've mentioned Eddie before. He was a background actor who at this point has been in every episode we've covered, starting with the second pilot, usually as a red shirt. This is the first time he gets lines to say in the show, so good for him. And 
Do what? I said, whoop, whoop. Oh. The last time we saw him named, they called him Connors, but in this episode, Spock calls him Rand, which has me thinking that maybe Janice was originally supposed to be in this scene, but they changed it and forgot to change the name. Huh. I could also just be crazy. He could be her brother, or uncle, or father. Yeah, he's or not nephew, that old. Or cousin. I think brother or cousin is... <laughs> Stepson. But also later, they're going <laughs> to give him another name. So, I mean, he could have a uh, lookalike. So many lookalikes, uh, lookalikes <laughs> on the same ship. You know, I heard that there was a guy on this, ser- on this series that was in every episode as an extra. Like different, you know, different clothes and everything every time. And that he never got credited for it. That might be this guy. And he was never in anything else. And nobody actually knows the guy's name. Okay, well then, it's not this guy because we know his name. <laughs> yeah. Like, this guy was in every single episode of Star Trek and never got credited for it. Hmm. Interesting. And nobody knows his name. <laughs> so, Orbit starts to go a little crazy. Riley stabilizes it. Spock orders Eddie Paskey's character to take the helm. Spock asks Riley where Sulu is, but Riley goes off the deep end. Have no fear, O'Reilly's here. <laughs> and one Irishman is worth one is worth 10,000. Spock, not about to listen to this, dismisses Riley and orders Uhura to take navigation and orders Riley to sickbay. Riley surprisingly actually goes to sickbay, runs into chapel, hears about Joe, flirts a little, infects chapel and bails. So do you think O'Reilly is where they got the idea for Miles O'Brien? No, I don't. <laughs> Because he was always talking about how Irish can do this. Yeah, I think they just got that because Kalmini is Irish. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sulu, now shirtless with a fencing sword, is chasing crewmen through the hallway. On the bridge, Kirk walks in asking Spock about Sulu and Riley's symptoms. Kirk orders Uhura to have security locate them. Uhura gets reports of Sulu chasing people around with a sword. Orbit's getting rocky and we find out helm controls are dead. Kirk's about to leave to find out what's going on when Sulu comes out of the turbo lift, sword and all. <laughs> Sulu starts swinging it around. He grabs Uhura calling her fair maiden. She says, sorry, neither. <laughs> Yeah, I love this part. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't Sulu shirtless? Yeah. I like how they call it naked time. And, he's and Sulu's the, half naked. And Sulu's the only one that's half naked. <laughs> like, I was a little bit, I was questioning it a little bit whenever I clicked on it. I was like, hopefully they're not taking off their clothes. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand the title. Yeah. I mean, I get, no. No, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, um, she pushes away, allowing Kirk to knock the sword out of his hand and Spock to Vulcan neck pinch him. Spock says, take D'Artagnan here to sickbay, which is a great line. <laughs> Kirk calls the engine room and gets an answer from Captain Riley of the Starship Enterprise. All right, answer this question for me now. Who is better, Captain Riley or Captain Wesley Crusher? <laughs> uh, I find Riley more enjoyable, but... Story-wise, I see Wesley's perspective and I get it. Right. And Wesley was wanting to help. Yeah. And was like, oh, where do you want to go? I'll help. I'll do this. He, he just wanted to prove to the captain that like he could do stuff. Yeah. Because this was still at the point where Picard was like, I hate children. And Riley is just like being a butthole. 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Riley's performance is enjoyable in this episode. Yeah, it is. And he will eventually come back to the series. He'll be in another episode. Which episode is it going to be? Uh, Conscience of the King. Conscience of the King. Is that the one? No, don't listen to me. Okay. I don't know anything. Riley announces to the whole ship, ice cream for everybody, then starts singing, I'll bring you home again, Kathleen, uh, which goes on for about the entire episode. Uh, Kirk leaves the bridge while Spock reminds him that they only have 20 minutes before they crash into the planet. How are we doing, David? This How's this episode treating you? It's doing pretty good. Um, I'm actually thinking about ranking it in the 700s. Oh. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Like, I thought you would not like this episode. Like, I was expecting you to hate it. No, I'll tell you right now that I'm going to hate the next episode, <laughs> uh, Charlie X. Yeah. Right? That is the one that I hate the most <laughs> out of all the Star Trek. Actually, I take that back. There is one episode in Next Generation that I hate more. Ooh, I wonder which one this is. And it's not a mirror universe. Next generation doesn't have any mirror universe. It's not a Borg. It's not anything. <laughs> it's not anything. It's it doesn't not. exist. It is actually a very important... I'm guessing it's in like the first two seasons? Yes. Okay. Because those are the garbage seasons. Yes, it is. <laughs> it It's just a terrible, terrible episode. What episode is it? Oh, I don't know the name. <laughs> It's a very important episode. That tells me nothing. Um, end of season one. Oh, the one where like the little aliens take over a bunch of admirals and captains and stuff. No, that was a good move. That was a good one. Oh, the uh, skin of evil or something like that. I thought that was the one where the little aliens like took c- took control of like a bunch of admirals. No, this one is when uh, where uh, Tasha Yar dies. Oh, yeah. That one sucks. That one is the worst. Yeah, but we'll get that to that in a few years. I mean, I, I believe full, fully that she needed to die. But besides that, the rest of the I episode mean, was terrible. She didn't need to die. They just did that because the, the actors were being very mistreated in those first two seasons. And like she did not want to put up with it. So they got rid of her. I mean, still, she was a terrible actor. Like, those uniforms they were wearing those first two seasons, like, caused, like, the actor's back problems. Uh, Patrick Stewart's doctor said he should shoot, sue the show. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. That's why, in season three, the uniforms changed. I think I'm going to sue Couch Podcast Network because there is no couch. It's in the living room. <laughs> and I'm here. Uh, I'm a couch. I'm just, I'm just teasing everyone. I know. I'm not suing. <laughs> Act three, Kirk meets Scotty outside of engineering. Scotty's wearing a phaser as if he knew he'd have to phaser through a wall today. Kirk asks how Riley got in. Turns out he ran in, told Scotty Kirk wanted him on the bridge, and then locked the door behind Scotty. <laughs> it was that easy. <laughs> but they weren't taking showers in their clothes. They weren't taking showers in their clothes. <laughs> so Scotty's gonna have to cut through the wall to get to the circuits 
on the bridge. Riley's driving everyone crazy with his singing. Uhura's trying to cut him off, but she can't. I thought he sang very well. I kind of <laughs> enjoyed the song. Casting this was interesting because they had to get someone who could sing, but someone who could sing off key. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should have done that. Yeah, for like the next couple <laughs> days after working on this episode, I was humming humming this song. I sh- I should have uh, they should have casted me. Yeah, you you didn't exist yet, David. I know my mom was only two at the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Riley has control of everything. Scotty climbs up Jeffrey's tomb, attaches some jumpers so that the bridge can get helm control back. Scotty starts to phaser the wall to get to the circuits. And if you watch the original version, there's no phaser beam. He's just pointing the phaser at the wall. In the remastered version, they added the phaser beam. Uh, <laughs> what what kind of pattern was that? That he was. It kind of looked like Texas. I was thinking Vermont, but huh? It kind of looked like Texas. I don't know what Vermont shaped like. Do you know what Texas is shaped like? I said kind of. I didn't say it exactly looked like Texas. I think it was closer to like Missouri or some like <laughs> any state besides Texas or Alaska. You know, it had like the upper panhandle part and like that lower part. Like it kind of looked like Texas. No, I think you're high. <sighs> like, why didn't he just cut a circle? That probably would have been easier. Because he had to, there were certain things he had to not cut. Like, he could only cut that certain place to get to the circuits and not, like, screw up anything else. Oh, okay. Yeah. On the bridge, the ship is stable while still spiraling towards the planet. Kirkson, Spock to help Scotty and McCoy. In a hallway, there's a crewman with a paintbrush laughing hysterically. Spock comes by and sees he wrote, Love Mankind on the wall. <laughs> he runs into Rand, who can't get past a crewman singing Kathleen. Dude, you're going to try to use Riley's move to get Rand, and that, that's just lazy. <laughs> Spock orders the crewman to stand aside, which he does for two seconds. Spock goes to Scotty outside of engineering. As Scotty says he can't go any faster, not even if we were being invaded. He needs a safety factor. Spock tells Scotty if he keeps going this slow, they're all dead. You can't afford a safety factor. <laughs> In sickbay, McCoy calls the biopsy lab with no answer. So he goes there himself. On the bridge, more crewmen are becoming infected. Or uh, Rand walks in and Kirk orders her to take the helm. And then there's this really good moment between Kirk and Ahura. Try and cut him off! Sir, if I could cut him off, don't you think I... Sorry. (laughs) That scene, like, kind of reminded me of the meeting in Strange New Worlds. Like, yeah. I can see their relationship building from that to to this. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I can see that. Yeah. Kirk calls Scotty to tell him they have 12 minutes left, and it'll take at least two or three minutes to power up the engines. Spock enters sickbay, and Chapel immediately just starts unloading her undying love for him. <laughs> and she infects him. It's a very well-written scene. <sighs> I'm not going to go into it, because... I didn't write any of it down, but it's a very well-written scene. I mean, if you say so. (laughs) It's a good monologue. Kind of out of nowhere, but it's a good monologue. (laughs) Scotty gets to the circuits in the wall. They open the door. 
and Kirk, along with security, get Riley out of there. Spock goes into the conference room, and he tries to regain control of his emotions, but ends up breaking down and sobbing. This is a great performance by Leonard Nimoy. Great performance by Leonard Nimoy. In the engine room, Scotty and Kirk realize that Riley turned the engines off completely. Scotty needs 30 minutes to power up the engines. They only have 8 minutes until they crash into the planet. Scotty says he can't change the laws of physics. Kirk could use a Q friend right now. <laughs> yeah, he could. And that's the end of Act 3. <sighs> Let's be real, though. 30 minutes, Scotty. You need seven and a half tops. Yeah, yeah. Any thoughts? I think that... You know, I don't really have many thoughts on this one. I'm Okay, okay. Yes, I do. The deal with Spock and Chapel. Okay. Is very awkward. It is very awkward. Especially because I watched this right after I watched Strange New Worlds. <laughs> and like them breaking up pretty much in Strange New Worlds. So then watching this was like, this is awkward. It was an awkward scene, especially since this is the first time we see Chapel ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. they didn't build to it. Like... At this point, with everything we've seen so far, I would have believed that speech more from Aurora. Yeah, because Aurora and and Spock has a relationship. Yeah, because there was that episode where Aurora was trying to flirt with Spock. I think the I think that Aurora and Kirk had a secret relationship. Yep, but they never could have made this back then because the because people would have freaked out. Yeah, a white man and a black woman. <laughs> Heck, people freaked out in that one episode where they kissed. Did they kiss? Yes. It, people say it was the first interracial kiss on television. That's not true at all. I can disprove it in many ways, but people say that. Huh. I guess I never paid attention to that. I don't really pay attention too much with <laughs> the whole love and kissing. and <laughs> Like, I'm not a very romantic person. <laughs> That's what I use AI for. That. What? To write, to write like poems and stuff for my wife. For your sake, I hope your wife doesn't listen to this podcast. Oh, she knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Act Four in the engine room. Scotty says he needs twenty-two or twenty-three minutes. Kirk says he has six. I say he needs five and a half or five and three quarters. That's how many minutes he actually needs. Five and three quarters, or five and a half, or five and a half. One of those numbers. That that's all Scotty needs. Huh. Scotty's a liar. Uh. Scotty says you can't mix matter and antimatter cold. Kirk says they can balance their engines into a controlled implosion. And Scotty says that's a crazy theory that's never been done. So, do they have dilithium crystals in the original series? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because uh, in Mud's Woman, their crystals like burnt out. And that was like why the ship was in trouble. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, in sickbay, McCoy, Kurosulu turns out the water on Psy 2000 acts like alcohol when it enters the bloodstream. Kirk finds Spock. He's going on about how he never told his mother he loved her, how he respected his father and the Vulcan culture. Kirk's trying to get him to focus on the controlled implosion. Kirk slaps Spock in the face. Then we get the scene that I believe strikes at the heart of Spock character. Jim, I feel friendship for you. I'm ashamed. <laughs> wow, Spock's ashamed of being friends with him? Yes. Wow. Because 
sparks of Vulcan and he feels emotions and he feels ashamed when he feels emotion. Uh, it's a it's a deep thing. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think he just doesn't like him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Spock slaps Kirk across the table. Spock finally focusing on the science problem. And now Kirk's infected, going on about the ship and why it's called she and how he gives all of his life to her and she just takes. And now he has the feels for Rand. Spock realizes there's a formula that will work. Spock and Scotty go to engineering. Kirk goes to the turbo lift. He sees Sinner Repent painted on the wall. He enters the bridge. McCoy rips the shoulder off his shirt to inject him. A bit excessive. Yeah, I thought that too. I was like, eh, why are you doing that? Why are you ripping uniforms? They just wanted to see some Shatner shoulder. <laughs> I mean, they did say naked time. So <laughs> obviously Sulu wasn't enough naked. <laughs> We're cutting between the engine room and the bridge. Spock tells Scotty to raise antimatter 840 degrees. Scotty says that'll take four minutes. It, I'd put money on one minute. Kirk says, engage. It works. They're saved. Spock comes to the bridge, but now they're going back in time. Kirk calls it time warp, which in the cage is just what Pike called regular warp. <laughs> Turns out they went back in time three days. Kirk orders Sulu to set course for their next destination. They warp out of there, and that's the end of the episode. Okay, so talking about the time warp and being three days, going back three days. Yeah. Let's discuss that. Okay. I got three things on that. Okay. Okay, first off, did they just go to the space station that they were going to or their next mission? Three days early? Did they go and try to save the researchers? You no, know? I think the researchers are already dead at this point. And, and then... But, I mean, did they even check on them? Because they have the, the antidote. Well, yeah, but I think the researchers have been dead for, like, a minute. Okay. So, like, yeah. And then, do they ever use this again? The time warp thing? I mean, not in this way. Like, they, they like, do that whole... We go around the sun and it sends us back in time thing a couple times in Star Trek. Yeah. They don't use this again. So why even mention this? Like, why mention that, oh, we went back in three days. We went back three days. Because it's interesting sci-fi. It's not. I'm going to compare <laughs> this. So I've watched The Naked Now because of this. <laughs> and so it's fresh in my mind, too. And I... I like how they're like, on Naked Now, they were like, wasn't there a solution? Like, if some ship had this problem before, like, would they have not known about this? They would have, but the whole controlled implosion thing had nothing to do with what the Enterprise D was going through, because... No, not the time warp, but the... Um, the being intoxicated stuff. Yeah, they like used. They like tried to use the cure that McCoy came up with, and it didn't work. They said that it had mutated. But it took them what twenty minutes into the show to figure that out. Well, yeah, because they didn't know about it. Like the only thing they knew is like Riker remembered reading somewhere about someone showering with their clothes on, and someone on the Enterprise D did that. So it took them time to like find that historic file about someone who did that, and then they tr and then they found the cure 
and and synthesized it and tried it and it didn't work so they had to figure something else out so if Riker would not have remembered that someone showered with their clothes the Enterprise D would be dead in their second episode their second episode and there would be no what was it 11 seasons 10 seasons 7 seasons 7 seasons and 5 movies 4 movies 4 movies and 3 episodes of Picard seasons whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah all that just because Riker found, uh, remembered that someone took a shower with their clothes on yep because he felt like reading about the missions of all the previous enterprises so Riker saved the entire next generation Riker timeline. saved the day babyface Riker saved the day yeah so I mean we owe Star Trek to Riker <laughs> Not to Lucille Ball, but to Riker. <laughs> yep. I mean, Lucille Ball did something too. Yeah, but... She greenlit the show when the executives <laughs> didn't want to greenlit like the show. But, I mean, she's not a Riker. And that is why my son is named after Riker. <laughs> and you didn't want to name your son Lucy. <laughs> that was only if he was going to be a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. You probably would have named her, like, Troy or something. Troy, no, I don't like Counselor Troy. <laughs> Troy's my mom's favorite character. I could see that because of her name. Yes, and that's the only reason. My mom doesn't yeah. watch Star Trek. Uh, you know who my favorite character is? Who? Jordy LaForge. Oh, yeah, I did know that. <laughs> and yours is Archer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I actually got a text from my wife last night asking me who my favorite main Star Trek character is. This was the same time I was texting you about recording today, so mm -hmm. I thought it was from you, so I just ignored the text, because I just thought it was a text from you, and I was working. <laughs> and then I got home, I was like, oh, that, that was my wife. <laughs> and then I texted her from the living room. Uh, I do that all the time with my <laughs> wife. I text her from the living room. I usually don't. I just did, because she was asleep. <laughs> I didn't want her to think I was ignoring your text. I was ignoring your text, but I... But it was hers. Did I text you? Yeah, we were texting about recording today. Yeah, but I think I texted like spacing in between, like two hours in between. Well, yeah. Like this text I got while I was at work, but I didn't respond until after I got home. <laughs> All right. George Takei says this was his favorite episode. That's just because he was shirtless sword fighting. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> now let's cover the... Red shirt death count. This week we lost one blue shirt, which means in total we've lost two beige shirts, four blue shirts, one gold shirt, one hazard vest guy, and a total of eight crewmen, and still no red shirts. But we count the beige shirt, so we have two on the board. I think we should count the hazmat suit from last week. Nah. Yeah, I still think so. Nah, they could have put him in a red shirt. They could have done it. They had the red shirts back then. Okay. Because I, I considered it at one point, too. <laughs> Next week, what happens when a horny teenager gets godlike powers? We find out in Charlie X. <laughs> and then we find out when, uh, what is that episode where Q has a son? Oh, uh, Q2, I think, or two, Q squared. I think that's the one. Q squared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can find me everywhere at either Couch Talks Movies or Couch Talks Movie. David, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Commodore Moss. 
And also, starting October 1st, I will be streaming on Twitch. All right. Yeah. So that'd be fun. You gonna give them your streaming handle or whatever Twitch does? Oh, okay. It'll be dstud65. (laughs) It'll be the cool one. No, there's only one. But, uh, yeah, I am not really doing much right now, except for, like, just setting up my channel and stuff. I'll start streaming October 1st, I believe, will be my first stream. So just check me out there. All right. Uh, you can find the show at Tomorrow Trek Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and at patreon.com slash tomorrow is yesterday. Hold on. Hold on. I did not rank it on the Bailey scale. <laughs> All right, I give this episode three Baileys. <laughs> it would be two Baileys, but McCoy ripped off Kirk's shirt for no apparent reason. <laughs> and I rank it 785 in the total Star Trek ones. <laughs> now you can finish, Couch. All right, you can check out our new merch store at couchtheaters.com. It's a long story. I'll change the URL eventually. All right, and until next time, uh, live long, and I guess don't touch your face in a hazmat area. Good advice. You know, it doesn't always have to be a don't do something. It has to <laughs> Or be. don't be something. It does. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs>